Wow. Come on. Yeah, give yourselves a clap. That's fantastic. I tell you what we're doing, touching these nations. Are you coming up, honey, or am I on my own? This is my lovely wife, Maggie. She's just going to come, and God's put a word on her heart. She just wants to share this morning a little bit in line with what I'm sharing uh, as well with you. Okay. You know, in Micah chapter 2 and verse 13, it tells us that God breaks open the way before us, that we break through the gates and go through the king at our, he- at our head, and the king passes through in front of us, the Lord at our head. And, you know, I had this verse going around and um, just going round and round and in my mind and for weeks and for days, and it's like I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get past it. It was just like all around about me. And, and suddenly Holy Spirit began to speak to me about, about this. And, and it's like, you know, we are, it's like church, there is breakthrough in front of us. And uh, we're going to see people, many people coming to know Jesus. We're going to see many people coming into the house of God. We're going to see people delivered, we're going to see people healed, and we're going to see people set free. But there has to be a cry. You know, there has to be a cry. There has to be a cry from within us that says, God, I don't have enough. God, I don't have enough. God, I had enough for what was back there. But God, I don't have enough for the season that I'm in. God, there has to, there, there has to be more. God, I need more. God, I want more. God, I want to touch your glory. God, I want to feel the fire. I want an encounter with Holy Spirit because when we encounter Holy Spirit, it's like people get saved, people get delivered, people get set free. And we've got to have that cry. We've got to have that cry that says, God, I need more. And and church, this is a breaker's anointing. This is where we break through, where God breaks through. And it's like God takes us from here and he takes us to there. And what would normally take months, God will do in a day. You know what would normally take a day? God will do in a moment. In Isaiah 45, it says, God says, I will level the mountains. You know, God says, I will break down the gates. I will cut through the bars of iron. Church, this is breakthrough. You know, this is our king going and passing on ahead of us. This is Holy Spirit breaking down every stronghold, everything that would block you, that would stop you, and that would hold you back. This is breakthrough, church, but there's got to be a cry. There's got to be a cry. There's got to be a cry that we carry, that we say, God, I want more. I need more. God, I don't have enough. What would it look like, church, if we carried his glory? You know, what would it look like if we carried that glory into our homes, into the workplace, you know, into our schools? What would it look like if we carried that glory and we brought that glory into church? I tell you what, we'd break through. We'd see breakthrough. And I just want to challenge you. Seek God for the breakthrough. Come before God as you go home, as you go to work as you're in the workplace, and say, God, I need more. God, I need more. God, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I want to carry your glory. Hallelujah. Let's just stand up.
just stand right where you are now. Anointing of the Holy Ghost is here. You know, I'm just going to pray on that breakthrough anointing. The breakers anointing. But I want to say this. If some of you here need healing, you know, the Spirit of God is here to heal. I can just sense it. I can feel it. Presence of God. During this service, we're going to pray now, but as we're preaching, God's going to minister healing to your body. You know, you just, just, you don't have to work up a frenzy. You don't have to pray desperately. Just, just relax and receive because it's from him. It's his power. Some of you are going to be touched with the call of God today like you've never known before. You've known stirrings, but I tell you what, God is going to put his finger on some of your lives and you're going to step up into something new. Father God, we just thank you that you're here today. Lord, loose your anointing. Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit to heal, to call, select, choose, lead, guide, speak prophetic words. Lord God, minister life into every single person in Jesus' name. And everybody said? They said what? Couldn't he? That's better. Okay, let's be seated. Come on, you know, the call of God is an amazing thing. You know, I used to, I don't know why, but subconsciously, I think when I read the Bible, I used to read about the heroes in the Bible. I'd always think that they were priests or they were ministers. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I guess it was just like a, a, a church thing that in my mind, well, anyone who, you know, writes a book of the Bible or brings a prophecy must be a minister must be ordained or a priest or something like that. You know, the great heroes of the Bible, they weren't priests. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were farmers. You know, Daniel, and, uh, you know, was like a prime minister. Joseph was the same. Look how they affected the world in their lifetime, left us a legacy, but they weren't separated into ministry. You know, they, they were ministers and, in the work, and successful in the workplace. God wants us to understand that. The call of God is on our life to serve him faithfully in every situation that we are in. We're starting a series today about legacy, about deposits of people's lives that, are, that we draw from or receive from. Legacy is about leaving your mark. You know, legacies are pathways that guide us, influences from people. It's not just uh, legacy comes in all sorts of different forms, a life of people that impacts us. Sometimes it's the words they say, maybe a prophetic word, and it's like something that marks our life and makes a difference. And it's not just, like I said, from ministry, but it's from anybody that that can happen from. And you can also be a part of that depositing a legacy into other people's lives. You know, when you look at the arts and, and books that have been written, how they can impact us and our lives. Uh, the great Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. You know, it took him four years to do that. I sometimes think of how ever did he do it in those days, you know, building a scaffolding, putting his face down, lying on the scaffolding, doing that work with plaster and, oil, and oils. And, and when you read his story, it's, it's about, you know, all the dust that used to get down and cover his face and get into his eyes so his eyes would burn. But he would still keep going through those hot Roman summers and the freezing cold winters that were there in Rome. But he continued on. What was it that drove him? I mean, it's only 
passion. It's only fire. You know, nothing else could drive somebody to that extent to accomplish something like that. But what a legacy is that. You know, it's 500 years ago. You think how many people have sat in that chapel or like the tourists today, apart from COVID time, not sure if they're going through today. But thousands would go through every day. He's impacted, he's left a legacy that's impacted millions of people and will continue to impact people until Jesus comes back. You know, it's not a matter of being called into ministry. We are called in the skins that we are in and the people that we are to influence God and to do good. We're looking today at Beniah, the warrior priest, I call him, and the scripture is there about his accomplishments that he did. You know, jumping into a pit, killing a lion fighting a giant of a man, Egyptian, who had a spear and come lunging at him. He only had a club in his hand. I know who I'd rather be in that particular fight, but Benaiah wasn't put off. He knocked the spear aside, and then he grabbed hold of it. And while the the giant was coming at him with all his momentum and weight on it, he pulled the spear out of his hand. So the giant kept going forward. He turned the spear around and whoomp, right through him, just like that. Amazing. Talk about breakthrough, it happened for Benaiah. might sound a bit gruesome, but they did a lot of that in those days, you know? That was their lifestyle. He was called, he was a great soldier, he was a warrior, but he wasn't born a warrior. You know, when we look at the exploits that Benaiah did, we're looking back over his life, and it's easy to see legacy and heroes when we look back over their life. You know, we think of Richie McCaw, our great all-black captain, maybe the greatest captain of all time. But, you know, as a boy, nobody was saying, oh, you're going to be the greatest all-black captain of all time. He was just a normal kid in the country, somewhere in the South Island, the middle of nowhere, where he was brought up. He played rugby, but he did other sports. He was competitive, sure. But you'd never have that sort of look at him and think he's going to be great like that. It wasn't until he was in his late teens that he started to get serious. And when he was in the New Zealand under-19s, he thought, hey, maybe I could make a profession of this. And then he took a step. You know, God leads us step by step. And we can't always see what the next step is. Some of you here. You know, you're facing decisions, uncertainties. You're not sure what lies ahead. That's when you draw close to God and you trust him for the next step that he will guide and that he will lead you. Firstly, you need to know that you are called for God's purpose. We are his workmanship. That's who you are. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so you could walk in them. God's got a plan for your life. It's finding that way. It's finding the way forward. Your past does not determine your future. Paul said this, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race. You see, what God builds into your life is in seed form. It's just a seed. It's a deposit. God said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I chose you and anointed you to be a prophet. Jeremiah said, you're kidding. I'm just a teenager. What do you mean? I'm not going out telling anybody anything. But God kept at him. 
And now today we have 52 chapters in the Bible and another book called Lamentations because what God had sown into his life in his mother's womb before he was born, it's the same for you. God touched your mother's womb. You were there. He planted seed, godly seed. Bible says God puts eternity in the heart of every individual. And you know that particular seed only bursts to life when you ask Christ to come into your life. We live in a world that is full of all sorts of religions. Why is that? It's because people desperately have a need to find God. And many are searching in all sorts of directions or are taught by people to go this direction, that direction, or whatever. I tell you what, there is only one mediator between God and man. That's the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for all our sins and through faith in him. You know, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, do it this morning. And you will find it will open up that seed, that path of life that God has ordained for you. But there are seeds of greatness in us. But alongside of that, there are seeds of destruction. You know, the Bible says all have sinned. Both of those seeds are always there in our life. So how do we turn from the bad seed, the sin seed, and focus on the seeds that God has planted in our life? Seeds of the character we are, the type of work that we're going to be successful in, the career that we will have. How do we do that? It's simply this, you know, whatever you water, it's going to grow. Whatever you nurture, whatever you care for, that's what will grow. I mean, if you're struggling with, with addictions or and pornography or, or drink or, or gambling or, or some other thing that's drawing you away from God, you've got to cut that off. You know, you've got to break the power of that and water the good seed so that, you know, the, the fullness of life that God has for you and the destiny that lies before you, as you water that, you find the way. We find that in the life of Beniah. Beniah was born the son of a priest. His father's name was Jehoiada. His father's name means God knows. And like I said, you know, God knows everything about us. When you understand that, you have a great foundation. Benaiah's name means God builds. God can build on that foundation. When you know God has called you, when you know you've got a reason for living, then you start to search that out through the word of God, through, you know, through, well, just the way that you respond to different things in life. There are different ways you find that pathway and that you follow after him. I'm sure Jehoiada was very proud of his son Benaiah, trained him to be a priest, somebody who was passionate for God. But for Benaiah as a young man, something else was stirring in his life. And he had to make choices. He didn't really understand it. He was happy to be a priest and to follow his father's leading. But what was God calling him to be? What was the destiny that lie, lay before him? And so thirdly, we've got to do this. You've got to follow our passion. That's how you find out what you're gifted to be. That's how you find out where you're going to be most effective in life. I mean, some things are obvious, like our team that were up here today with music. I mean, I could get up there and it'd be a disaster because I'm just not wired that way. And a lot of you can identify with that, but I'm so thankful for people that volunteer their time and and you know, really make sacrifice to lead us into a place where we can 
touch heaven, and heaven can touch our lives. And so we follow that passion within our life. Benaiah, <clears throat> at one point in his life, you know, there are defining moments that sort of help us to understand who we are. For Benaiah was one time when there was a lion that was troubling his village, taking a lamb here, taking a sheep there, goat. And uh, it was in the wintertime, and the lion was just looking for some easy food to take. But one day he made the mistake of going to Jehoiada's house, breaking in, taking one of the lambs. Benaiah got up in the morning. It was a snowy morning. He went out just to check uh, how the, all the animals were, and he noticed the hole in the fence. He saw the blood on the snow, and he saw the tracks from a lion that had been there. He was so outraged, so furious, so angry that this lion would come and take something that was his, that he, without thinking, he just ran inside and he grabbed his weapon and he saw the tracks on the ground. It was still snowing, so he's running to make sure he doesn't lose the tracks as he gets up into the hills outside his home. And he travels in for so far and suddenly he hears a noise and he realizes he's close, so he goes forward you know, just slowly, it looks over the edge of this pit. There's the lion, and there's what's left of the little lamb that had been at his house. You know, he was at a defining moment in his life. What was he going to do? I know what I'd do. I know that way, fast. But not Benaiah. There was something in him. You see, we are wired differently. Some of us are courageous like that. David was the same, wasn't he, at the same sort of age? And he killed a lion, killed a bear. And that overwhelming sense came out, and he just leapt into the pit and dispatched the lion. That was the end of the lion. That was a story that was told about for a long time amongst David's men that had gathered to him. So this conflict, this stirring, is in his heart and in his life about the destiny. The fourth thing you've got to do, you know, when you start to understand who you are, you've got to step into it. You've got to step into the calling, step into your destiny. God said to Joshua, every place you, your foot will tread, I will give it to you. Well, he had to go step by step, cross the Jordan, take Jericho, the next city. You know, following God is like that. He doesn't map it all out before you. Benaiah didn't know the story of his life before, it was just step by step, little pieces, God giving revelation, not showing the way. And we make decisions to follow hard after God's calling and God's ways. But a dramatic event happened because King Saul turned on David. David was the hero of Israel. He was Benaiah's hero. And David had to run for his life. He went to Adullam and all the people came to him, people who were in debt, people who were in distress, people who were discontented, all the people with all sorts of problems suddenly came to David. I imagine David had prayed to God, God, send me people. I need, you know, some people to support me, to help me. And then they started turning up and he's saying, God, let's start again. You know, send me some other people. But you know, it was a respond to that because Saul also killed the whole family of the high priest, men, women, and children. He wiped out a whole town of priests. And so Benaiah and his father had to make a decision. They chose to go and to follow David. They saw the anointing on David, and they said, this is the way to go. Even though it meant leaving their home, 
every, all their possessions, everything they had, they took that step. It was a defining moment for both Jehoiada and for Benaiah, and they stepped into the new destiny. You know, I look out at your faces here, and I know many of you made great decisions, you know, decisions that have cost you. Some of you made the decision that at some point either your parents or grandparents or you yourself have made the decision and says, you know, we're going to look for a new life, living in some other country, and then making the decision. You know, a lot of people all over the world think about making decisions like that, but you made it. You know, some of you made that decision. That took a terrific amount of courage. I don't, that, that could never be an easy thing to do, to leave everything behind and to come to a new country, start again, move in a new direction. And I tell you what, that, you know, me and, 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 and you know, Kiwis that are here, I mean, I'm just so glad you made that decision. I mean, you have enriched us tremendously. You know, this country, honestly, it would just be a boring place. <laughs> You guys have come. I look around here. This church could just be sort of pale, you know? It could just be spit and sipid, you know? Need a bit of life. A little Brazilian music and movement. Where would we be without you? But I know that behind that, it's taken courage to step out and to do. That's what I'm talking about. And in life, with our career, you know, entering into an engagement. How challenging is that? Woo! <laughs> Those are the most exciting decisions, aren't they? But they take courage. You know, it's one thing to talk about it and think, oh, this would be a great thing. It's another thing to make the stand and move forward. But we've got to step into our destiny. And that's exactly what Benaiah did. He stepped into the calling that was upon his life to serve David and to become one of his great, great warriors. So what are some of the lessons that we learned from Benaiah? First, he had a godly heritage, and it was combined with his own passion for God. And I want to say this. Some of you here might be, come from a Christian home. But you know, I know I went through a time in my home, I was brought up by Christian parents, where you know I started to feel like, Everything was restricting me, that I wanted a bit more freedom, a bit more choice. And I let the, my, the Christian side of my life to go. But I want to say this, if you have a heritage like that, grab hold of it with all of your hands because it's a tremendous advantage for all of your life and the decisions you'll make. For those of you that have made the decision to follow Christ yourself, I tell you what, you're a first-generation Christian. You're my hero. You're the sort of people that understand you've got to be born again. You've got to be transformed. You've got to be baptized. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the possibilities and the fire that you carry is going to influence so many people. Benaiah was brave and decisive. He made many decisions that followed up his calling. He became a great leader, one of David's uh, mighty men. David had three who were, the, who were at the peak, and then there was a group of 30. He had other leaders, different commander to the army. But then he had Benaiah. Do you know what he, position he gave Benaiah? He made him the captain of his bodyguard. You know, the relationship that David and Benaiah had was something where David would entrust his whole life to. He saw things in him, qualities in him. 
You know, as I come to a close today, I just want to say there, you know, as I know so many of you people, and I see the qualities, I see the potential, and this morning I just want to say, you know, know the seed that God has planted in your life is about a call. It's about following Him. It's about saying, yes, Lord. And whatever you've received from God up to this point, you know, there is more. Can the band come, please? That'd be awesome. You know, there is more, much more. Not only that, it doesn't, it starts when we are young and we start to sense that. I saw some of the team that are up here. You know, you can see the anointing of God that's upon their life, the calling, even as a young person. But it doesn't stop there. We go through different stages and God calls us. God called Maggie and me when uh, we were about 25, had two children, and, and God started to talk to us about Bible college and and, and, and pursuing a career in the ministry. But it was a challenge to take those steps. But for most of us, you know, it's, it's a calling into the marketplace, being successful with God's anointing and God's calling upon your life. You know, this morning, I want to challenge you in this one area of just saying to God, God, here am I. Lord, use me. You know, it might be you don't understand what the next step is, but you know there's a stirring in your heart. And I want to give you an opportunity to just say to God, God, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever you want, Lord, here I am. I want to respond to you. You know, if that's you today, would you just stand up where you are? Because if you really feel that, you're not going to be embarrassed to stand up. Just stand up where you are. I just want to pray for you because the calling of God is something that's powerful. And there's a sense of his presence and his power here. And I don't want it to go without God's Holy Spirit touching your life, releasing his power in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Father God, I just thank you for each one that's standing. Some of you, you know, I just sense, just stand right now. Let's just let the Holy Spirit come. Father God, I thank you for everyone that's standing right now. Lord, on the inside of their heart, Lord, they're saying to you, Lord, here I am. Lord, use me, send me. Lord, I thank you that it's the power of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us. And Lord, I pray for breakthrough, a breakthrough anointing, the breaker's anointing. Lord, loose your power in a fresh way. Touch every life, I pray, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we all just stand? I just want to draw your attention to one or two things. You know, if you've never received Christ, and I said, you know, that if you want to, this is a great time to do that. And, you know, we have this Connect card, and this just helps us to, in the decisions that we're making. And uh, there's one there about committing your life to Christ. If you would take that, leave it in the info booth, you know, we'll get in contact with you and follow up. We want to give you stuff that will help you. Some of you may want to just follow through on who you are and the giftings, the call of God. The growth track will help you to do that. Some of you need to be baptized. You know, we're having a baptism in two weeks' time, and we'd love to you to be there as one of those people, and we'd love you to sign up for the dream team, become a part of who we are as a church and just know more of what God has. Awesome, Pastor Dan.